Do the names Thomas Hobbes and John Locke mean anything to you? During my senior year of high school, he was sensitive. Even though at the time I was borderline agnostic, that would be the idea that there is a God, but if he does exist, he doesn't do much currently with the universe. doesn't care much about his creation. So even though I was borderline agnostic, I was surprised by how much of Western civilization history had to do with the Catholic Church. I'd obviously grown up Catholic, but uh, it, even to this day, really, I'm not much of a history person. But the ideas of Thomas Hobbes and John Locke and others helped form the Constitution of the United States, sometimes quoting these political philosophers word for word. I say this because I believe that democracy is the best form of government. By its checks and balances, it best takes into account our fallen human nature. Even so, a good democracy works best when people strive to be virtuous. Otherwise, you have to make law after law to account for people's stupidity. Does there really need to be the words, caution hot, on the lids of a coffee that you get from McDonald's? This would seem to be common sense. So if democracy is so great now, why do we speak of the kingdom of God? Today we celebrate the solemnity of our Lord Jesus Christ, the King of the universe. This is a pretty boss title for a solemnity. Sounds kind of like something out of a comic book. If democracy is so great, why is the body of Christ, we Christians, a kingdom being led by a king? If kings and queens have been shown not to be the best form of government, why does the kingdom of God have a king? Why? Because fallen human natures are just that. They are fallen. There is a tendency to selfishness and to selfishly disregard the rights and goods of other, others. Whereas God is not fallen. God is perfect. He does not have a tendency to sin and to be selfish. Rather, God is pure love. As a trinity of persons, God is love. God, as love and being perfect, always wills our good. That being said, there have been kings who have been recognized as saints in the Roman Catholic Church. This does not mean that they were perfect, but it does mean that they strove to work for the good of their people. Some examples are Louis IX of France, Edward the Confessor of Anglo-Saxon England, Stephen I of Hungary, and Ladislaus I of Hungary. Again, they may not have been perfect, and they may have done things that seem wrong now, but in their times, they were way ahead in the way they treated the poor and the vulnerable. The same could be said about King David. The first reading we see David being anointed king of Israel. David had been a great warrior for the Israelites. David seemed like a natural successor to King Saul, Israel's first king. Now David was not perfect, he had multiple wives, he had slaves, and other things that seem wrong now. And even in his own day, adultery with Bathsheba and having her husband killed in battle. These are sinful things to do, just in case you are wondering. However, David was truly sorry for this and his other imperfections. God even calls King David a man after his own heart. King David strove to rule the kingdom of Israel as God instructed him to do. Multiple places in the gospel, God tells King David that his descendants will forever sit on his throne. Even though almost a thousand years separate King David and Jesus' time on earth, 
The Bible proves that Jesus, through his earthly father, Joseph, was a descendant of King David. In the Gospel today, we see that Jesus does not deny having a kingdom. First, you have the inscription above Jesus' head that read, This is the King of the Jews. Second, you have one of the criminals crucified on either side of Jesus. One of them picking up the Jews of the crowd and saying to Jesus, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. The other criminal responds by recognizing they were rightly there for the crimes that they had committed. But Jesus was there unjustly. The second criminal recognized that Jesus had done nothing criminal. The second criminal then says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus doesn't respond. What kingdom? What are you talking about? No, instead Jesus recognizes that he does have a kingdom, that he is a king. Jesus responds, Amen, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus is the perfect king because he is God. Again, God is a trinity of persons that are perfectly loving each other. That perfect love diffuses itself out to us in the form of grace. One definition of grace is God's love outside the Trinity. Because Jesus is God and thus perfect, the best form of government, if you want to call it that, for the family of God is a kingdom with a king. A king can give something, change the law, for the betterment of his people, even if his subjects don't see it, um, or don't see how it will make their lives better. This is often true within a family. My parents would often remind us every once in a while that our family was not a democracy. Being one of five kids, we could have easily outvoted our parents. As I mentioned before, Sundays were family day uh, for the Vogel family. We often complained about not being able to do things with our friends. But looking back, spending time with just family was an important part of our childhood. Why do we not vote on whether or not to hold hands with our children, uh, with little kids when they cross the street? Because we know better than they do that it is good for their safety. This is why family life is not a democracy. It allows the parents to do what is best for their children, if the, even if their children do not yet see it. But in this way, God is different. God never forces us to follow his commandments. Yes, he may allow us to receive to feel the consequences of our sins and failures. God never causes these sins and failures, but he allows them hoping that reaching a low point, we will see the error of our ways and turn back to him, just like the prodigal son. God always invites us to follow his commandments out of love and trust. For we truly believe that God is for us and not against us. If we trust him with our lives, we will do what he commands. We will trust that because God loves us, following his commandments are really what are best for us. Often sin looks fun and pleasurable, but we trust that it will not bring us true joy, true happiness in the end. Jesus says in John chapter 10 verse 10, I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Allowing Jesus to be king of your life, to be obedient to him, to follow him and to strive for holiness is what is truly best for us. Saying no to Jesus being king of our lives leads to sin and addictions. Saying yes to Jesus being king of our lives leads to holiness and true freedom. Freedom to be our best. In a world of fallen human beings, democracy is the best form of government. 
In the perfection and love of God, the kingdom of God, a monarchy is the best form of government.